Greetings, it's Sharon Webster with Present Truth Presented, I Will Bless You, Devotional. I have been asking you to subscribe, review, and share this podcast if it has been a blessing to you. And I've had several people uh, contact me and ask me how to write a review. On Apple Podcast, when you click on the app, before you click on an episode, scroll all the way down and to the episode number one. And right below that is a rating system of one to five stars and a place for you to leave a review. In the Google Play format, you have to actually go to the Google Play app web page and leave a review there. So thank you for those who who have pressed through and who want to give us a review. That's how you can do it now, and we would greatly appreciate it. We are just beginning week three. It's been two weeks since we've been together and talking on and learning on the names of God for this season of our lives. Um. I just know that the Lord wants to meet us in such special ways at this season. Uh, Biblically, this is called the season of the counting the Omer or the Feast of Weeks from Passover to Pentecost, which was 50 days. It's a time for us, the people of God, to gain fresh revelation of the Lord and His ways, for us to come to know Him more intimately. And one of the ways that we're choosing to do that this year, for those of you that are joining us, is through learning and understanding God's names. Exodus 15.2 in the American King James Version Bible reads, The Lord, Yahweh, is my strength and song. And he is become my salvation. He is my God, El, and I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, Elohim, and I will exalt him. Here in this one verse, we see three of the names of God. Yahweh, or Yah, Hey, Vav, Hey, El, the name we're going to be looking at all this week, and Elohim. The plural form of God who represents the Son and the Holy Spirit, along with the Father. I am convinced that the season that we're in is a season of awakening. That when it says in this verse, I will prepare him a habitation, that is the mandate or the thing that God is after, I believe, right now is that we, his people, would become a habitation of his presence upon the earth. God is awakening the earth. We see that in the natural. But he is also awakening his people in this season. The next 40 days are a preparatory time. 
The spirit is brooding over the church of El, God, to prepare us to reset, to recalibrate our lives, our hearts, and our minds, to receive an outpouring of the spirit marked by fire and power. This outpouring of the spirit is for us to be transformed but also for us to be endued with fire and power so that nations can be transformed. Awakening is an act of waking from sleep. I believe the church is a giant in the earth and she's unaware of it and she has been sleeping. And God is saying it's time for the church to wake up. It's an act or a moment of becoming suddenly aware of something. I believe that one of the things that God wants his church to be suddenly aware of is our position in Christ. That we are seated with him in heavenly places. That he has given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And that we are to be mighty ones doing his will and transforming people's lives and nations upon the earth. L, God, is seeking to awaken the status quo church from being pew-sitters to righteous reformers. He is calling out the ecclesia from among the oikos, our fellowship-driven church. The, the ecclesia... Yes, fellowships, but it's not just about sitting in the pew and having sweet fellowship with people. The ecclesia is the church that legislates upon the earth. In other words, that knows God's will, his intent in the earth, and then begins to, through our prayers, our proclamations, our actions, calls that to be manifested in the earth. Individuals and nations are being weighed in the balance. The scales of justice will be shifted when the ecclesia takes her place in the throne room of heaven, interceding, legislating God's plans, his will, and his purposes upon the earth. And that is our job, our responsibility as the ecclesia, the church of the Lord God. Ron Thomas of Names of God series writes, Biblical names were so descriptive and often prophetic. Religious significance nearly always inhered in the name. God has given himself many names. Why? God's names do not reflect a need to change. God is the changeless one. God's names are given to reveal the many facets of his perfect nature and character. God's names are actually an extension of him to help us understand who he is, how he is, and what he can do in us and through us. I think that last part is really key. God's names are actually an extension of himself to help us understand who he is, how he is, what he can do in us, but also what he wants to do through us. That's why I've been exhorting us 
to really let these names of God become a part of who we are so that we can then give them out to people that we come in contact with. L is another name used for God in the Bible, and it's spelled E-L. It shows up about 200 times in the Old Testament. El is the simple form arising from Elohim. Remember, Elohim was plural. El is singular and is often combined with other words for descriptive emphasis. El means the strong one, strength. As an adjective, it means mighty, especially the mighty God, and it has to do with God's power. So today and all this week, as we look at the, the name L and its compounds, God is saying, I am the strong one. I am the mighty one. I am the almighty God, and I am wielding my power on your behalf and on the behalf of the earth. Our key passage of scripture that we're looking at every day is Numbers six twenty-two through 27. And today we're going to look at, this week we're going to look at the New American Bible Revised Edition, which reads, The Priestly Blessing. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to Aaron and his sons and tell them, This is how you shall bless the Israelites. Say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. Verse 27 so shall they invoke my name upon the Israelites, and I will bless them. In this passage this week, we're going to be looking at what it means to invoke, and we're going to invoke the names of God upon us. And that word means to appeal to someone or something as an authority for an action. In other words, we're going to appeal to God who has the authority to act on our behalf. It is to be in support of an argument and it's to call upon. So we're appealing to the Lord, El-Rohi, the God who sees. This is episode 15, El-Rohi, the God who sees. God said in this passage, he would bless us with visitation, glory, and fire. He also said he would keep us. And then he says, I will make my face shine upon you. And the word face there in Hebrew, it means the presence of one through the sense of being in the face of. In other words, face to face. It has to do with God's presence, sight, countenance. God is saying he is going to cause his presence to shine upon us. And that word shine means to become light. It means to be enlightened or illuminated. Those are revelatory words. In this season of Passover to Pentecost, it's known as the season of the open heaven. It's known as the season to gain fresh revelation. So God's presence, his face, he wants to meet us face to face. We'll be in the midst of his presence so he can bring us fresh revelation that we need right now in this hour. It also has to do with 
breaking of the day, the break of day. In other words, you're in the midst of some hard places. You need the day to break. That also what it means to shine upon. God is going to enable things to break in our lives right now. But it also means to be kindled, to be set on fire. I believe that this next outpouring is going to be one that is going to be marked by the people of God as it was in the days of old that are infused and empowered by the fire of God and the power of God to transform individuals and to transform nations. That is our call. This phrase, make his face shine upon you, is a manifestation of Yahweh's favor and grace upon us. I say to you, may his presence be evident in you, but also may his presence be visible upon you, that when you go forth, when people see your face, they will be able to see the face of Yahweh, Jesus. Barnes Dictionary says about this phrase, the face of God imports not merely God's goodwill in general, but his active and special regard. God is actively, and he has a special regard for you and for your life and your situation and where you are throughout, wherever you're at in the world. And God's name that we're looking at today, El-Rohi, God who sees, God who sees me. We see that in Genesis 16, 7 through 14. It's the story of Haggai, Hagar, excuse me, when she was kicked out of Abraham's house because Sarai had gotten jealous of her because she was pregnant. Although Sarai set it all up, but once it happened, she got jealous. And so she told Abraham, you need to get rid of her. And so Abraham tells Hagar, sorry, dear, but my wife is upset. You must go. So here we find Sarai in the desert. And it says, now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to Shur. He said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from? And where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself to her authority. Moreover, in verse 10, the angel of the Lord said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. The angel of the Lord said to her further, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand will be against him. Selah. I added that. And he will live to the east of all his brothers. Verse 13. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God who sees. For she said, have I even remained alive here after seeing him? Therefore, 
the well where she was sitting at, she renamed it and she called it Ber Laha Rohi. Behold, it is between Kedish and Berend. The well she renamed and it was called the well of the living one seeing me. Oh, hear that. The well of the living one seeing me. It means you are the God who sees. Haggai knew this was no mere angel who appeared to her. The angel of the Lord was El-Rohi, the God who sees me. The point of this name is not only that God always sees us or is all-knowing. The point is that God sees us in our place of quiet desperation, our misery, if you will. And the place he sees us is so that he can reach out to us and help us. God sees us in order that he may show us compassion, give us comfort and work on our behalf. God seeing us is an extension of his love for us. El-Rohi always sees, always knows, and always understands. He meets us in our everyday life of joy and suffering. El-Rohi, you are a God who sees me. Saints, never believe you are alone. Even in your darkest troubles, Nahum 1.7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. The Lord is not looking for your mistakes, but for your way, but for ways to bless you, comfort and strengthen you. Genesis 16.13 Then she, Hagar, called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are the God who sees El-Rohi. I invoke the name of El-Rohi. I say, the God who sees you is looking upon you. El-Rohi knows exactly where you are, where you've been, and where you need to be. He will even send an angel to direct you on your path if necessary. El-Rohi says, you are in a time of awakening. My spirit is brooding over the face of the earth, seeking those who are ready, those willing to yield to the changes that need to be made in their life. I am calling up my ecclesia, a mighty army of reformers in the earth realm. Will you arise and join me? I, El-Rohi, see you, and I am very aware of what's going on in your life. I see the ups and downs. I see you in your home. I am very present in the midst of your trials and in the midst of your joys. I hear and I see you. And I, El-Rohi, are able to transform your life, taking it from mundane to a life full of the Spirit. The greatest days of your life are ahead. So look up and see that I, El-Rohi, see you. I, El-Rohi, will lead you with my eye upon you. I, El-Rohi, can direct your life through the prophetic voice of my spirit, so call upon him. Know that I am with you and will empower you to move forward in and through my spirit in these days and at this time, says El-Rohi. I see you. I am for you. 
and I am moving on your behalf to get you where you need to be, says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, review, and share. Blessings, my friend.